You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Dancing queen, that is me. I was definitely dancing this morning, not on the pickleball courts, a little too cold and a little too windy, but uh, but took a few classes this morning, so feeling really good right now, ready to spend the next three hours with you. As always, we've got Harvey and Joe producing the show. Uh, they're a little surly this morning, and uh, so should make for an interesting and entertaining show, that's for sure. Uh, we've got Greg Cosell who's going to be joining us at 1230. Really excited to get him on the program. Uh, One of the smartest men in the business and uh, knows the NFL better than most. And I thought it would be a good time to get him on because right now, uh, if the season was to end today, well, let me, because that's, that's unrealistic, right? We're still in week 11. We're heading into week 11. This is, this is a better way of putting it. Right now, the Chicago Bears, via the the Carolina Panthers, have a 40% chance of getting the number one overall pick. Okay? The Giants, 22%. Second best percentage of getting the number one overall pick. The Cardinals, 15%. The Patriots, 12 uh, The Chicago Bears, with their own pick, 4%. So really, all in all, Chicago has a 44% chance of getting the number one overall pick. And the Green Bay Packers, 3%. Okay? Uh, here are, are the, the FPI, the probability of the Giants drafting in the top 85%. The Chicago Bears via the Carolina Panthers, 86%. Arizona, 73 The Patriots, 68 And the Chicago Bears with their own pick at 44 Okay, so I thought it'd be a good time to get Greg Cassell on because he's one of the best, again, in the business when it comes to evaluating talent, especially during the uh, the NFL draft. Uh, we don't typically, I typically don't have him on this early, but uh, since the writing is on the wall here for the Giants and they're still rolling with DeVito, um, chances are they're not going to win in Washington tomorrow. Uh, I, I think the Giants are going to be very fortunate if they win two more games this season. We'll see what happens. I, I think there's a very likeliness that they do get the number one overall pick. So what a good time to get Greg Cassell on to talk about some of the outstanding quarterbacks that are going to be eligible in this year's NFL draft and uh, who he thinks the Giants should be eyeing right now. I'll also ask him about the situation that now has uh, surfaced with the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm going to get to that in a minute, but of course I want to break down the show for you. Mama Mimi, who's been joining us at 1 o'clock in the afternoon each and every Saturday with her picks and her plays and all the craziness that she brings to the show. It's always fun. We'll hear from Cynthia Freeland at 1.30. Joe Wiz is always at 2 o'clock. And good friend of mine, Vic Carucci, who's been covering the Buffalo Bills for over 20 years, he's got his finger on the pulse of that team better than most. We'll hear from him as well uh, with uh, some insight in regard to all the changes that we've seen happen with the Buffalo Bills since their loss to the Denver Broncos. And some really good insight uh, coming from a man, again, who has his finger on the pulse of the Buffalo Bills better than most. Phone lines are open as always. 800-919-3776 is the phone number if you want to get on board. And I, I would love to hear from you because here's, here's really, I, I know this is a, a local show. Here in New York, and, and we're going to get into Giants and Jets talk. We'll, start, we'll talk some Knicks as well. 
uh, as they, of course, won yesterday. They're back at it again later on this evening. Six o'clock is tip-off against the Hornets. You'll be able to listen to that right here on 98.7 ESPN. We'll have your pregame show for you as well. All, all the bells and whistles, okay? And we're going to dive into everything. We'll take your calls, all of it, okay? Uh, but really, on, on a national scale, people, uh, there's nothing bigger than what just occurred with the Cincinnati Bengals this week, specifically on Thursday, late afternoon, early evening, and then, of course, uh, what happened in the game with, with Joe Burrow. And so if you're not up to speed on everything that took place, uh, here's, here's the situation. So apparently in the, in, in the Cincinnati Bengals' previous game against Houston, Joe Burrow went down with some type of hand injury. Okay, a, a Houston Texans player fell on him, and but was able to continue to play. You know, sh- shook off his hand, whatever the case may be. The entire week, we heard nothing, not a peep. Joe Burrow was not even once mentioned on the injury report. Okay. Nothing. No hand, no knee, no uh, calf, no elbow, nothing. Nothing, nothing. Now, somebody took a video of Joe Burrow walking off the Cincinnati Bengals team bus prior to Thursday night's game. And he was wearing some type of apparatus on his throwing hand. Okay? And that was posted on the team Twitter account or X account, whatever you want to call it. Okay? So now, warm-ups, he looks great. The game's flowing, he looks great. All of a sudden, he tries to complete a pass to Joe Mixon, and all of a sudden, you know, ah, oh, he's he's visibly in pain, shaking off that hand, comes over to the sideline, and now can't even grip the football, can't even throw a pass. So goes into the locker room, is announced that he was not going to be able to play for the rest of the game. And all of a sudden, the media, this day and age, social media, the media goes out and finds this video of him coming off the bus with his whatever apparatus on his hand. And the Cincinnati Bengals delete the video. <laughs> I can't, you can't make this up. You cannot make this up. Idiots. They delete the video. But it's out there. It's social media. It's out there. Once it's out there, somebody's got it. You can delete it. Somebody's got it. Then uh, the Thursday night uh, broadcast, Amazon, whatever, they go back. They go back and, and you know, they have some, you know, uh, brilliant intern whatever tape guy go back and look at every play probably through the uh the previous game against the texans and 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 they find the play that 
the defender came down on so they so so now Thursday night football they show that the video of, of Joe Burrow coming off the bus is no longer available because the team deleted it and now Joe Burrow's out and not only out for the game but he's out for the season karma watch out now the bigger picture here is ooh Bengals are in trouble Bengals are in big trouble. NFL is investigating. We can sit here and we could put two and two together. Right? Connect the dots. Some type of apparatus on his hand. The team deletes the video. <laughs> I can't. It's so I can't it's it's comical. You can't make it up. But this is this is a real big deal. This is a real big deal because if, if two and two does equal four and the Bengals are found guilty of not disclosing this injury, um, this could get real ugly, even to the point where civil lawsuits would be filed against the Bengals and the NFL over this injury. Why? Gambling. Where we are today with the state of gambling, there is more onus, there is, there is, there is more the importance of the NFL and all 32 of its teams being transparent is crucial. I understand that, that owners don't want owners, general managers, coaches, they don't want the information revealed. And why? You sit back, okay, well, you know, what? what's the big deal? What will, uh, you know, teams, let's just say hypothetical. Okay, well, a few things. Let's rewind. Because I truly believe this. And and Joe and, and Harvey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to present this. We'll go to a break. We'll come back. We'll open up the phone lines. And, and I'd, I'd really love to hear your thoughts on this. I'm opening up the standings right now in the NFL. So, uh, by the way, heading into the season, by the way, the Cincinnati Bengals were favored to win the AFC North, okay? Uh, so, they were sitting at 5-4 at and four prior to Thursday night's game. Must-win situation for them since the Baltimore Ravens are 8-3. and three. And also, by the way, Cincinnati has the most difficult schedule remaining. By the way, now they're 0-3 in the division. They were 0-2 prior to the game. So, this was a must-win game for them, okay? So... Um, let's say hypothetically speaking, again, they have not been found guilty of anything yet. We are just connecting the dots. Okay. We are, we are hypothetically connecting the dots. The, the NFL is, 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 has an investigation going and I'm sure more will be revealed. Okay. But what would be the motivational factor here? The motivational factor is, uh, Joe Burrow started the season with a calf injury and Cincinnati dug themselves a hole in the AFC North. This was a must-win for them. Hence why they allowed Joe Burrow to play injured, which turned around and bit them in the butt, did it not? Because now he's done for the season. So was this a smart move on their half, on their behalf? Probably not. Why didn't they reveal it? Well, they probably didn't reveal it for a few reasons. Number one, they didn't want the Baltimore Ravens defense to come after Joe Burrow's hand. 
And number two, if this would have been revealed and Joe Burrow would have started, then they would have known that, you know, he's not throwing passes further than 10, 15, 20 yards. So there could have been a very unique special defense the Baltimore Ravens could have played to uh, prevent the, you know, average depth of target of five to seven yards. So, you know, is there a motivational factor for the Bengals to hide and not disclose this information? Yes. Were they desperate? Absolutely. But now look what's happened. They could potentially lose draft picks. They've now lost their star player, their face of their franchise for the remainder of the season. And now, like, a real significant injury. So shame on the medical staff for even letting him play like that. And now, reports are that the Bengals and the NFL need to be very fearful of civil lawsuits that are going to be filed against them for lack of transparency in this day and age of immense gambling. Uh, Pro Football Talk came out with an article, a column, that I'm going to share with you when we get back. Okay? 800-919-3776 is the phone number. Curious, would love to hear your thoughts on this whole scenario and how you think this is going to play out. How significant of a story do you think this is? Will this have a precedent moving forward for teams and the NFL? has, Has gambling now become more of a factor, more important in regard to teams and coaches being transparent and brutally honest with their injury reports. I'm sure for fans it doesn't sit well because you don't want to give your opponent that edge, letting them know every deep, dark secret you have as you're getting ready to take on that opponent. But when you've got the country spending billions of dollars every year on gambling... You have to be, as an organization, the NFL has to be transparent. Has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. 
the NFL is, in fact, investigating this matter. They take these types of injury compliance issues very seriously. So it is likely that Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, who have not yet been contacted by the league, will have to explain probably the way they just did exactly what happened here. Now, we can go back to a precedent. Back in 2019, the NFL fined the Steelers uh, $75,000, Coach Mike Tomlin $25,000 for violating the injury report policy by not accurately listing Ben Roethlisberger on their report. So there is a precedent for this, likely a heavy fine, uh, potentially if the NFL finds that they did not comply with the injury report. But of course, you did hear Joe Burrow there. Whether you believe it or not, whether the NFL decides they believe it or not is, is really the matter of whether, in fact, he was wearing a, a compression sleeve that had nothing to do with the torn ligament that occurred shortly after in the game. Hmm. Jeff Darlington. What? I believe where there's smoke, there's. Then we're going to get to your calls. David, Dave, Pat, Kevin, hang tight. Uh, There are many reasons to believe that the NFL will not find that the Bengals concealed a pre-existing wrist injury to quarterback Joe Burrow. Beyond the PR ramifications of admitting to the world that one of the league's 32 franchises was playing fast and loose with the injury report rules, it would be very wise for anyone who relied on Burrow's absence from the report in placing a wager on the Bengals to use the outcome of the legal's investigation as fuel for a fraud lawsuit. Yes, fraud. You might have heard a thing or two about it in the news recently. It's basically lying, lying with a purpose. For the Bengals, the purpose would have been, of course, to conceal the injury from the Ravens or anyone else. The impact on gamblers would be to keep them from realizing that Burrow might not have played at a high level or might not have finished the game. The argument within the context of a civil lawsuit would be one that those who bet on the Bengals to win on a money line wager or cover the three and a half point spread relied on the absence of Joe Burrow from the injury report in believing that the Bengals would win or lose or cover. More specifically, that they would not have to bet on the Bengals to win or lose or cover if they had known the truth. It's possible that a class action suit uh, with everyone in a given state or nationally who placed a bet on the Bengals looking to get a refund from the Bengals or hiding the injury. The NFL could be included in the litigation as well, based on the potential argument that the league neglectingly failed to enforce its own rules regarding the injury reports, okay? Making teams like the Bengals, uh, and of course, them hiding the Joe Burrow injury. While the NFL and its teams would be worried about the possibility that Congress, if it ever gets its act together, could explore the integrity of sports weight, <coughs> excuse me, sports wagering or that the prosecutor could examine the possibilities of criminal charges. It only takes a disgruntled gambler and one motivated lawyer to launch a class action suit in any state where gambling is legal or in every single state where gambling is legal. Complain about the civil justice system if you want, but it is a mechanism for forcing change for holding the responsible account Uh, for holding the responsible to account for turning a wrong into a right. And to most, something seems wrong or a minimum fishy, but Burrow wearing a wrap on his hand uh, about the team posting and then deleting the video and about Burrow uh, suffering a season-ending injury at the same time in the same hand the next night. Why was that video deleted? Get a truthful answer to the question. You potentially have fuel for a massive lawsuit against the Bengals and the NFL The simple reality is that a lawsuit might be the only way to get a truthful answer to the question. Again, this is an article column on Pro Football Talk. Okay? 
And I'm sorry, Harvey, did you say that there's that uh, Barstool, did I hear you correctly? Is is that confirmed? Have have they, are they going down this road? There's articles out there that Barstool is Dave Portnoy, uh, who apparently bet um, 120K on this, that he's going to sue or a class, class action lawsuit, I'm guessing, against the league for this. Wow. So it's already began. 800-919-3776. Let's get to your calls. David in the car. Welcome in. Hey, Anita. Good talking to you. Yes, I'm I'm pretty pissed right now about this situation because, you know, not necessarily that I had him on a money line, but still I had, you know, Joe Burrow throwing for 225 yards. I had Jamar Chase as an anytime touchdown. The only thing that hit for me on my parlay with the Bengals was that Joe Mixon scored a touchdown. But at the end of the day, I would have never put them on my parlay. And then you've seen how the, uh, um, the, the Ravens, they scored at will. Like, if I, I could have won big if I just made completely just the Ravens on my parlay. And, and, I, and then I, you know, went and – because I used FanDuel and – I, I, I went on the, you know, the whole, you can't talk to somebody. So I got to go through the live text and those things are automated. And are, am I going to get my refund? Probably not. It doesn't matter the fact of how much I spent on the, on the bet. It's the fact of I could have actually made some real money on that bet, you know, because like I said, it wasn't like they just, it's, it's not like the Ravens just scored a few points. They scored a lot of points, you know, and I didn't even have, um, what's the name? Um, the guy that, that, that got hurt on the Ravens, the, the tight end, I didn't even have him Mark on my Andrews. parlay. So I could have definitely won. You know, that's why I'm David, like... David, thanks so for the phone call. Uh, I, I hear you. I, I do want to say um, ESPN bet that just launched on Tuesday, uh, I know that they refunded. There was, a, there was a bet out there, combined passing yards with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, over 500 yards. I know ESPN Bet refunded those who made that wager. Um, so I, I do believe that there's some refunds that have already gone out. I know ESPN Bet has. Let's go to Pat in the car. Pat, welcome in. Hey, good afternoon, Anita. Uh, I, I, I just think it's crazy. Like, nobody's holding the gun. Anybody's had to make a bet. Like, yeah, it, it stinks. It, 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 you know you probably wouldn't have made the bet. But that's you. You play at your own risk. It's crazy that people are, are crying and complaining. Like I get it. They have to be transparent. But the transparency of the injury report is for the the fair play of the game for the other teams. Not not like you said. They're hiding it so that they couldn't scheme against it. The betting you bet at your own at your own risk. I understand it, but but I just think it's crazy to be complaining about this. Don't bet if you're if you're scared to lose money. Don't bet. That's that's all I have. I'll hang up and listen to your response. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's that, that's your side, and I respect it. Um, and and it's definitely a side of a fan who maybe doesn't bet or doesn't bet a lot. But those who do bet, listen, I'm not angry because I had the Baltimore Ravens. I had the Baltimore Ravens team total over. Um, I had uh, I had Keaton Mitchell longest run over 14 and a half. It ended up at 21. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm heading into Sunday with house money, so I'm not angry. But I'll tell you what: if I was on the opposite side, ooh, this would be a much different show. I'd be screaming at the mountaintops right now. Okay, you got to be transparent. You got to be in this day and age where where gambling is prevalent. 
And the NFL is making money. The NFL is making money from gambling. They have to be transparent. Let's go to Dave in Manhattan. Dave, welcome in. Hey, thanks for having me in. Here's how I'm looking at this. Uh, I can't wait to hear your opinion. You got to have integrity, whether there's gambling involved or not. So let's just take a look at the whole, you know, the brain injury scenario where the players are like, oh, I'm damaged for life, and the owners and all the coaches look the other way. It was blatant disregard for the health of the players. So all this new technology is here to protect the players now. There's more oversight. There's protocols if you get concussions. You also have to look at the fact that the players lobbied for, you know, less um, less preseason games and not so many two-a-days. For whatever reason, it was about the health. Quarterbacks are protected with rules so that there's less injuries on them because they're fragile. Um, to Dotterall, which was being – some players didn't even know they were being injected in it for a while, and they were playing through the pain, and now they're – their bodies are ravaged by using this chemical for years. And a lot of these guys are playing at a high level. So my point is, if you know about an injury with a player, like we can't play both sides of the fence here. You have to show integrity throughout, whether people are gambling or not. Because at the end of the day, these guys are getting paid huge salaries. Even though it's a blood sport, you have to come clean. And I think the Bengals need to be made an example right now. Because if you don't make an example out of the Bengals, I am telling you, I am telling you, these guys are going to keep playing with as much wiggle room as they can to get away with these injury reports. That's yeah, just Dave, my and Dave, on thank, it. thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for the phone call. And and I, I do. Like, we were talking about this in the break. I do believe the Bengals are going to have to be used as um, you know uh, to to as an example, um, and especially if they are found guilty of this. And, and I don't know how they're not found guilty, especially since the team deleted the video. <laughs> you deleted the video. Why are you deleting the video? So stupid. Let's go to Kevin. Kevin, got to make it quick up against a break. What you got? Well, um, I, I think a team's primary responsibility is to the team and for them to win the game. Um, I, I was a gambler, and I gambled for five years for a living. Um, I no longer have the time to do the research, so I don't do it anymore. So I understand the gambling aspect. But I don't think their priority is to the gambler. That's just not – I just I think it's to them to I'm win not, the game. I'm not saying – Kevin, I appreciate the phone call. I'm not saying that their priority is to the gambler, but now that we live in this day and age where gambling is more prevalent, um, you 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 need to be transparent. You you just you need to, uh, and and you know it's it's really going to be interesting to see what what comes of this. Um. A, again, I do believe that if the Bengals are found guilty, I think the NFL is going to use them um, as an example and, and set a precedent to try to, you know, make it fearful for teams to uh, to hide injuries. And we'll see what happens with these civil lawsuits. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. That music, it only means one thing. Greg Cassell judged us now. 
here on 98.7 ESPN. One of the best in the business. I love this man. Man, every time you are on the show with us, Greg, uh, I feel so much more intelligent when it comes to uh, football in the NFL. How are you doing, my friend? Oh, well, Nita, I hope I don't let you down today. You know, it's, I've, I've been working too hard. I don't, know if I, can, I don't know if I can put two or three, you know, sentences together at this time of the season, you know? <laughs> uh, I, so, I, I so appreciate you. It's been too long. Um, first things well, first. First things first. I, I really, I booked you on the show. I wanted you to join us last week because you, you're just, you're such a wealth of knowledge, uh, especially so good assessing talent. And with the giant season pretty much over, I, I thought it'd be great to have you on so we, we can talk about the draft and looking forward to some of these top-notch quarterbacks that allegedly right are coming out well, of this year's draft. Decision. They got a big decision to make as to whether they're going to take one or not. I know, I know, but I want to shelf that just for a second because now this whole Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow situation unfolded. We've been taking calls for the first forty minutes of the show. Uh, I'm screaming transparency, transparency is uber important right now because of the state that we are in in this day and age of gambling. It is, teams need to be more transparent than ever before. And the NFL is responsible because there are 32 teams, but they are the conglomerate. They oversee these 32 teams. So very, I, I, I'm very interested to hear your opinion in regard to what you know and, and how this all is unfolded. And do you think that... If, of course, Cincinnati is found guilty of not disclosing the Burrow injury alleged prior to the game, uh, that they will be used as an example. What's your thoughts on all of this, Greg? Well, you know what, Anita, those are the kinds of things that I'm just being honest with you. I don't think about those kinds of things for half a second. I have no idea. I mean, you know, you know what I do. I mean, that stuff's not really relevant to my existence. So, I mean... You know, I, I I do know about Jake Browning, who's going to play quarterback for them, but I don't know. You know, at this time of year, I guess a lot of players are hurt. I don't know what the, the balance is on the spectrum as to when you have to say that a guy is, is injured, you know, questionable, doubtful. You know, I, I don't know all that stuff, you know, because everybody is at this point is going to have some kind of minor injury. So I don't know what the rules are. So, so let's, let's, let's go from there because it was a conversation that I had with my producers prior to the show opening. And I have said this for years now, I feel general managers do not value the backup quarterback situation or position enough, right? Where you have somebody who can step in and, and, you know, obviously there's a reason why they're the number two. They're not as not going to be as good as the number one but they're still going to step in and give you somewhat of an opportunity to win, right? Like nobody's giving DeVito an opportunity to win football games uh, for the Giants as they head up to Washington right now, right? Or down to Washington right now. Your, your thoughts on the backup quarterback situation and the state that it is right now in the NFL and how general managers view well, it, Greg? That, that's a fascinating question, Anita, because, you know, you know that everybody says, you can't truly compete for a Super Bowl unless you have a higher-level quarterback. So what people are basically saying, because they're also saying that the running back position does not mean as much, so they're basically saying that you have to build your team around the quarterback. There's not going to be 50 or 100 of those guys. So the fact is, if you have one of those guys, the backup quarterback is, is not going to be that guy at all. So you can get a, a wonderful backup, 
But for the most part, if your team is built around the quarterback, as the Bengals are, by the way, then whoever plays is not going to be as good. You know, it's just the way it is. You know, uh, so essentially, it's kind of a you're in a catch-22 because if you're saying you need a great quarterback and you have one, then if he gets hurt, you know, you're kind of stuck. I mean, uh, I remember having a great conversation with with Tom Moore, um, and and Tom Moore was the uh, OC for the uh, Colts when Peyton Manning was there, and his basic premise was, well, you know, we don't really give the, the backup quarterback you know, a lot in practice, because if we have to play the backup quarterback, we're kind of screwed, you know? So, you know, I think that that's the the issue teams face is it's always easy to say, well, you need a good backup quarterback, but what does that even mean? What's a good backup quarterback? And he's not going to be as good as Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or any of those guys that you think can win Super Bowl, you know, give you a chance to win a Super Bowl. Well, you know, in, in speaking, there's actually quite a few people out there, and, and I'm not in this camp, who feel that, that Dobbs is going to give the Minnesota Vikings a better opportunity to win than Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is the most um, underrated, unrespected uh, quarterback uh, to play in the NFL. But again, uh, I, I know I'm in a small camp, but nonetheless, you know, that would be a good example there, right? Like Dobbs. Well, Dobbs, I don't know if that's true, even though people might believe that. You know, the bottom line point is this, is that you're dealing, you know, look, are our talent evaluators wrong? Everybody, you know, because I do this too, anybody who evaluates talent is going to be wrong. It's just because when all said and done, no matter what kind of metrics you have and all that, it's still human beings evaluating human beings. So when Dobbs has been around a long time and he's an unbelievable story and he, he's actually played, you know, reasonably well, um, but you know, I'd be hard-pressed to think that he's better than Kirk Cousins, who's been doing it at a pretty high level in this league for a long time. Again, Greg Cosell joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. And, and again, uh, was uh, tried to get him on the show last week. Wanting to talk about the Giants and the Jets. So uh, let's let's turn our attention there. So let, let's start with the Giants, right? Un- unfortunately, you know, just a whole... G- Murphy's law, anything and everything that could go wrong has gone wrong for the Giants this season. It really has, Uh, you know, starting off the season, spiraling out of control in regard to their schedule, Um, you know, offensive line injuries. And now uh, another season where, uh, where unfortunately Daniel Jones is, is, is donezo. Uh, First things first, before we get into the future of the Giants, and and I want to talk to you about some of the quarterback situations that are out there in the draft coming up, but, What's your assessment of Daniel Jones? I'm a huge Daniel Jones fan. I feel that he's been sold a bag of lemons here. That's just my uh, my my quick take on what's happened here in New York with Daniel Jones. Your, your thoughts? Yeah, I've always thought Daniel Jones had a chance to be a, a pretty good player. You know, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that ranks players, so I'm not going to say top five, top ten, but the offensive line issue was really a, a big deal, a really big deal. I mean, in a sense, two things happened to the Giants this year, and then I'll get back to Jones, that have just been really problematic. Number one, offensive line has been awful, and the defense has been awful, and that was the big surprise, that the defense would be awful. But um, but I think Jones can be a good quarterback, but he's not one of those special guys that can do it all by himself. There's not many of those guys. Um so he needs all these other pieces to work. 
And by the way, they don't have a particularly good run game. I don't, I don't think, uh, and this, what I'm saying now is based solely on film, I don't think Saquon Barkley is a big-time runner. I think he's an explosive runner, but I don't think he's a big-time foundational runner that you can build your offense around. Um, so, you know, I, I think they're lacking a lot of things, and because they're lacking a lot of things, the burden falls on Daniel Jones, and he's not that guy who can overcome all that. Got you. Uh, moving forward, the Giants, they agree to a deal with him, so they're on the hook for quite a bit of money next year. Yep. But they can get, quote-unquote, wink-wink out of this deal in 2025. I still think that they should draft a quarterback, and I know this is your and my first opportunity speaking here. I've been screaming Drake May since last season. I love this young man, and everything that I've heard about him And I'm sure you heard this as well. Uh, When the pro day rolled around for UNC last year, Drake May partook in it, even though he wasn't eligible to come out in the draft. And the scouts were more impressed with Drake May, who wasn't available in the draft, in their pro day. Uh, I can't wait to hear what comes out of the pro day this season. To me, I think he should be the first quarterback taken, and, and I'd love to see him go to the Giants. Greg, what say you? Yeah, well, I I I watched uh, a lot of the top quarterbacks this past summer from their tape last year. Obviously, during the NFL season, I can't watch these guys on tape, which, of course, I'll start doing, you know, beginning in a couple of months. Um, But when I watched Drake May last summer, I liked him a lot. Um, And and I actually know someone on that staff who, who had been in the NFL and was told, you know, all amazing things about the kid. So, um, you know, I like Drake May a lot. It's, there's going to be a bunch of quarterbacks in this draft, but and as you know, Anita, right now, before they play in the league, everybody raves about these guys, but you and I both know that there's not going to be eight great quarterbacks in any draft. It doesn't work like that. So some of these guys that are being talked about now are not going to be big-time NFL quarterbacks. Um, but, yeah, May's, May is such an easy thrower. In fact, I kind of thought that Drake May reminded me just in the manner in which he played he kind of reminded me of Joe Burrow with a better arm. And, and that's, you know, that's a very general statement. Obviously I don't have my notes in front of me right now because when I watch these guys, I take really detailed notes and I'm not staring at those notes right now, but I, I really like Drake may. And, and I think that he has what it takes to be a really good NFL quarterback. Your thoughts on Caleb Williams. Many people feel that Caleb will go before Drake may in this draft. Obviously yeah, we both and, and, know we've been covering the NFL draft for quite a while. A lot of times a general manager and a head coach will fall in love with a player and we'll see that happen. Um, your thoughts on Caleb Williams. Yeah. Caleb Williams, you know, what I've learned over the years and, and uh, you know, cause I've been doing this a long time. So I have to keep learning too, is, you know, quarterbacks that have phenomenal second reaction movement, improvisational ability, you have to sort of evaluate them a little bit on a sliding scale. Um, Caleb Williams throws the ball really, really well, but he falls into that category of quarterbacks that tend to leave the pocket when they don't have to, and then they run around and they make plays, but that counts. So you have to account for that. So that's why it's a little bit of a sliding scale. Um, You know, I remember talking to coaches when Patrick Mahomes came in the league. I remember being at the combine that year and some coaches telling me, you know, hey, I love Mahomes' talent, but I don't know if he's going to run my offense because he runs around. Well, we obviously know what Mahomes has done in the league. Now, I'm not saying Williams is Mahomes. We don't know that right now, but it's stylistically similar. He makes a ton of special, special plays 
outside the structure of your offense, doesn't seem to play within the structure as much as you would ideally like, but that's why there's that sliding scale, because he can make those special plays. Right. Um, again, Greg Cosell joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, last question for you before we let you go. Uh, let's let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Jets, right? Uh, very yep. sad state of affairs. Four games in and Aaron Rodgers is out. Zach Wilson comes in. I was never a fan. I did not like the pick with the Jets. Uh, I think I think Zach Wilson is one of those quarterbacks that could be a great backup quarterback that can come in um, when, when needed and possibly win a few games for you if given the right scenario in the, in the right situation. Your thoughts on Zach Wilson and, and what you've seen so far this season, Greg? Yeah, Zach Wilson has a lot of issues that he shouldn't be having at this point in his career. Uh, and I'm talking about real technical issues, like the, like his drops into the pocket do not sync up with the route concepts. I mean, that's kind of inexcusable at this point. Um, he's a guy that just doesn't see things particularly well. When I watch tape of him, and I think I've seen every game, I feel like that they have to that everything has to be predetermined. Like they have to pretty much give him the play, and he has to just throw the play. And if he doesn't, then he's just going to check it down. I don't, uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of guys that have great talent. I mean, we know that the guy has a loose, live arm. We know he has light, athletic feet. We know all those things. That's why he was the number two pick in the draft. But ultimately, if you don't see the field well and can make the necessary decisions, you know, the processing part of it within the time allotted, which is very quick, it's a couple of seconds, then no matter how physically gifted you are, it's 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 hard to play at any kind of consistent level. And he just doesn't see things at the necessary processing speed. Right. Uh, and last thing for you, how bad are the Carolina Panthers watching the Houston Texans going, man, did we get it wrong? Well, I think we have to wait on that. I mean, I think, you know, Bryce Young's a certain kind of player. Bryce Young needs a really good O-line. He needs an O-line where the interior of the O-line is more important than the tackle because they control the depth of the pocket, the interior of the O-line, and he needs that, just like Drew Brees needed that in New Orleans, and that's why uh, Sean Payton always focused on the center and the two guards because they control the depth. He needs room. Um, So, you know, right now he's really struggling, um, and he's an uncomfortable player right now. I can see that on tape. He's an uncomfortable player. Um, and so we'll see how that all works out. Obviously, Stroud, and, and Stroud was my number one guy. I loved Stroud's uh, tape. I just, you know, I just love the way he plays. And obviously, up to this point, it's been phenomenal. It's been crazy phenomenal, if you really think about it. But uh, but I wouldn't look at, at at Bryce Young yet and say that he can't play. I mean, that's not a very good offensive team, and he needs certain things in order to play that he doesn't have right now. Greg, you, you rock. It's so great having you on. Such a wealth of knowledge, and, and we're very fortunate. Thank you, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Anita, thanks for reaching out. Well, hopefully we'll talk soon. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We got Mama Mimi who's going to be joining us at the top of the next hour. We'll hear from Cynthia Freeland as well. Joe is as always at 2 o'clock. And Vic Carucci, good friend who covers the Buffalo Bills, will be joining us at 2.30. Uh, to uh, bring us up to speed on on all the drama surrounding the Buffalo Bills as they get ready to take on the uh, the, the Jets uh, tomorrow, uh, the comedian uh, Stavros 
Halkius? Halkius? Am I pronouncing it? Thank you. Uh, is performing right. <laughs> Is performing at the Beacon Theater on Thursday, November 30th, and Friday, December 1st. Keep it locked to ESPN New York all day for your chance to score tickets. It's all from Live Nation. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. So uh, let's go to your phone calls. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Tommy in Connecticut. Connecticut. Tommy, welcome in. Oh, Anita, you caught me right after a bite of a bagel. I'm going to sound like Bart Oh, Scott. no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do you want us to come back to you? No, no. I'm good. I'm good. What? Uh, what is it an everything bagel? I'm, I'm everything whole wheat, just in case you ever want to no. deliver. Everything, lox, cream cheese, you know, can't go wrong with oh, that. S- yeah, yeah, yeah. Locks, Tommy. Tommy, yeah, going with the locks. What about like locks and like on a slice of onion and tomato? Onion, tomato, lettuce, cream cheese. I think there's some capers Look at in you, there. You, Tommy. Look at you, man. <laughs> Living wow. life, Anita. Yeah, man. You're li- like like that's that's like the real that's like the real bagel. That's like the real deal bagel right there. Anyway. Um, I actually, so one of my favorite, I do, uh, I do everything. I do whole wheat, everything toasted twice with cream cheese and chives with extra welds on bacon. That, that there you go. I, I got to write that down. That's that'll, that'll be, that'll be my next one. It's let me tell you something. It's so dumb. It's so deliciously <laughs> dumb. It will change your life. It'll change your life, Tommy. I, I, I'm, I'm with it. I am not going to, I am not going to argue whatsoever. Um, but I wanted to agree with you before about the betting, you know, obviously I, I like to wager here and there and, and, you know, you want to have as much information as possible and, you know, hope that everything's being truthful, but my favorite sports hockey and I love betting on it, but all you get on their injury reports are upper body or lower body, you know? So, it, you, you kind of just got to take your medicine. You know, gambling is an inherent risk. So, and I'm sure it's both sides too. You know, I'm sure the bookmakers aren't happy about not getting the information either. It's not just the betters. Yeah, I, I'm, but there there is considerably a lot more money. And Tommy, thanks for the phone call. Enjoy the bagel. Um, there is a lot more money that's wagered on the NFL than hockey toe pick um it just is uh, let's go to ira in staten island ira welcome in hey good afternoon anita i'm going to talk to you happy thanksgiving to you same um, to you so thank you thank you so you look at this game you know all week long i was feeling good about the jets don't ask me why i just mm-hmm. think it was more because the, the bills are a mess but the more i think about it is that i just i can't have any confidence whatsoever on Zach Wilson as a quarterback, especially after what just took place the last two weeks. I mean, how is he going to go up? Yeah, but, but Ira, the, this, Ira, the Jets aren't winning because of Zach Wilson. The, the, no, the Jets know, are but, winning but, because of their defense. That's why, that, right, you know, so that, all, all Zach Wilson has to do is don't turn the ball over. Don't turn the ball yeah, over. You know what? Yeah, but, that's all. Just don't turn not, the ball it, over, it, dude. But guess what? Kansas City and the Raider game, what's happened? He's going in for the winning score, and what happens? He, he fumbles, and he throws a pick. And in the way they were winning games, let's be realistic. 
it was really fool's gold. And as much as I, I love it and it was nice to win, look how they were winning these games. They won on a punt return. They should have never won that giant game. Even Zach made a couple of throws there. They got lucky. Uh, the Eagle game, uh, Serrani, he had a, bone, a boneheaded decision to throw the ball instead of running and punting. I mean, you can't you can't sustain winning that way in the NFL. You, eventually, you're gonna have to score. You can't score ten to thirteen points a, a game and expect to, to win ten games. It just you may win three or four or five. You're not gonna win ten games that way. It's impossible. I hear you, Ira. 800-919-3776. Keep the calls coming. Uh, quick break. We come back. We kick hour number two off, and Mama Mimi is gonna join us from Miami with her picks and her plays as well. We'll get her take. What does she think about Cincinnati and the Bengals and all this mischief? Well, I can't wait to hear what she has to say. 